Welcome to the Fitness for Sport podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving unseen amateur athletes training advice for the weight room, field, court, track and much more. After all, training resources and knowledge should not just be for one group of athletes and not for others. I'm your host Connor Stewart, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, a personal trainer but most of all I love to play sport. Thank you very much for listening and let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Fitness for Sport podcast. Firstly, I must apologise that it's taken so long to get another episode out. As you can probably hear from my slightly raspy voice, uh, I have been struggling to use my words and to get any sort of noise out. But we are back now and we're back with a bang as always so thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for staying patient with me on that one as you have probably seen from the instagram post i put out the other day i am or athletic strength uk i should say is no longer based in that wonderful cabin um athletic strength uk has moved for various different reasons and it's happened quite quickly So apologies again for the sort of disruption in content, in emails, in social posting. Everything's been a bit hectic. I'm trying to keep on top of everything as best I can. But again, thank you very much for being patient. Thank you very much for always being there. And thank you for your understanding. I really, really appreciate it. I do. Enough of that. Let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is titled how to fight clarity when you're injured and i wrote a blog post similar to this a while ago and it got some pretty good reactions to be fair i got some good feedback from it got a few good questions off the back of it so i thought it'd be good to delve into it a little bit further with a podcast Uh, i know some of you prefer podcasts you can listen to it in your car, you can listen to it when you're bored at work, you can listen to it when you want something to send you off to sleep. So hopefully if you are using it to send you off to sleep, it's being embedded in that long-term memory of yours and you remember what you listen to better than someone else did. So I guess it's a win-win for everyone on that. But let's paint a picture here. You've got injured. Now, this injury could be something as small as a tendon strain in a finger it could be a broken arm it could be a anterior cruciate ligament rupture it could be a complete ankle blowout of your syndesmosis um, complex it could anything pick an injury you might have experienced one previously you might be experiencing one now i hope keep my fingers crossed and touch wood that uh nobody listening and myself included have or are going to experience any serious injury soon but it can happen and it does happen and the reality is when you're competing in sport when you're playing sport when you're training although you can do everything as best you can to reduce the risk of injury you can never fully prevent an injury as i have written about and maybe said before 
But what you can do is you can reduce that risk of injury to a really small percentage. However, there will always be a percentage there. Whether that's a tiny percentage or a big percentage, that depends on you, what you're doing and how you're going about things. But let's, for argument's sake, say we're injured. I know a lot of people have been there. It's hard to take. It's hard to take going to see your club physio, a doctor, a whoever it may be who you've gone to see. Maybe you've got an x-ray, an MRI scan, and the worst news has come back, you're injured. What's the first thing that goes through your mind? Generally, the first thing that goes through your mind is, shit, I'm injured. Now what? All of that hard work I've been putting in off the field, on the court, on the track, outside of here, in the weight room, in my training, in my discipline, and I might as well have not done it all. I might as well have just gone, fuck it, not do anything, because now I'm here, now I'm injured, now I can't do anything, now I've got rest, I won't be able to walk, I won't be able to do this. It's all very negative, isn't it? That is understandable. I don't think anyone is going to get the news saying you're injured and go, ah, damn, oh well, let's move on. What can I, you know, what's next? However, that is the mindset you should absolutely be taking. Whether it takes you a day to accept it, a week, a month, two months, you at some point are gonna have to accept you have an injury. You have to stop looking at it from a point of what you can't do, what you used to be able to do, what you want to do, and instead think about what you can do. Think about where you need to go, where you need to be, the, the potential you have to make this situation the best situation it could possibly be. And the first step towards doing that is having a clear goal and objective in mind. Now, I've talked about this before. I've posted it on Instagram a few times. I think I've written a blog on it, but this comes from setting clear goals and it comes from finding your why. Why do you love competing in sport? Why do you play the sport that you do? Why do you play for the club that you do? Why do you represent the team you represent? Finding that out is going to make this whole process a lot easier because whether your objective is to run out on the pitch, field or court every Saturday and just enjoy yourself for an hour and a half, have a runabout with your mates, score some tries, score some goals, run really fast and that's all you want to do, that's great. That's why you play your sport and no one should take that away from you. You train hard to do that and that's fair enough. Conversely, your goal objective, your why as to why you compete is to be the absolute best you can be. You want to be representing your club at first team level consistently. You want to win 100 caps for your club. You want to represent your county. You want to represent your region. You want to represent your country. Whichever type of goal and objective you have, the why behind it is so important it doesn't matter as to which 
side you have, whether it is performance, you want to be at your peak, or whether it's pleasure and enjoyment, you do it because you enjoy it and you do it because you know, you're good at it. Finding that out is gonna help you leaps and bounds to bounce back from this injury and get you into a better place than when you started. So how do you go about finding your why? It's a, it's a simple process, but it's a difficult process. You need to start by asking yourself the question, why do I play sport? Or why do I play rugby? Why do I play tennis? Why do I compete in the 100 meters? Why do I compete in pole vault? And then once you've asked that why, you need to ask yourself why again five to seven times. So why do I play rugby? I like playing rugby because it's physical. Why do I like it being physical? Why to that next question? Why to that next answer? Why to that next answer? Five to seven times. And what you're going to find is you're going to find that rugby or sorry, whatever the reasons that you gave to start off with, it's going to start very external. It's going to be an external factor that is driving you, motivating you, wanting you to get there. And as you ask yourself these questions, you're going to get to a deep internal driver. There's going to be something inside of you that's very personal, that's very um, unique, and that is the reason why you do what you do. And it might take you 20 minutes to do this exercise, it might take you an hour, but it's the best exercise you could possibly do when you get injured to find out what you, why you do what you do. And it's going to remind you of all the good things that you've got to look forward to when you get back from this injury, when you get back from whatever may be going on. Once you have found out your why, you need to start thinking about what you can do versus what you can't do. Let's take something extreme like a complete ACL rupture with cartilage tear and medial meniscus tear as well. Horrific knee injury, one of the worst you can get, often can be career-threatening to even the most high-level athletes. It's obviously very easy to be thinking about what you can't do. You can, can't really walk, definitely can't run, you can't squat, you can barely sit down without having your leg absolutely straight. You can't do a lot of things, you can't drive, you have to get trains and buses everywhere or get a lift from your nice mate. But your whole upper body is okay. You could bench press, you can shoulder press, you can chin up, you can supine pull. And what about your left leg? Your left leg's absolutely fine, there's nothing wrong with that. You can single leg squat, you can leg extension, you can leg curl, and that's just standing up. What about lying down? Hip extension, glute ham raises, hip thrusts. You have such a wide range of exercises that you can do, and I'm forgetting all the core exercises. You could pal off press potentially, you could dead bug, you could potentially do some plank variations. There's loads of stuff you can be doing. Rest is by far the worst thing to do when coming back from an injury. Your body responds to outside stimulus, it responds to stress, it responds to threats 
to itself. And weight training is a threat. It's a it's a stress to the system and it's a stress to be adapted to. If you only rest, if you don't allow your body to experience stress, threat and resistance, then you're going to lose everything that you worked for. And I think that's why people get so negative, understandably, when they get injured, because a lot of the time the clinical advice is to rest. Oh, you got to rest for six months, you got to rest for a year, you got to rest for eight weeks, you got to rest. You can't do anything, don't do anything. You're going to injure yourself again, you're going to make it worse. Yes, you should do everything you can to protect the injured site. And for something as bad as a complete right knee blowout, then yeah, you might be absolutely having to rest that right knee joint to get the tissues, to get the grafts um, accepted within the joint, to rebuild tissue and to prevent any um, re-injury. But that doesn't transfer over to your other joints, to the to your whole body system. and. In fact, training your whole body, because you get hormone release such as growth hormone, you get other met metabolites and hormones released that help repair the protein that you're going to be consuming, the collagen that you're going to be consuming. It's going to help repair that site of injury because you're stimulating your body, you're exposing it to stress that it can overcome if you like I said before, if you're not exposing it to stress, if you're not exposing it to anything that it can overcome, you're just gonna lose everything. And being injured doesn't mean you necessarily have to lose everything. You are certainly gonna lose some things, and when you get back to a state where you can train and you can play, there will be certain things that you're not quite as sharp or as you're not quite as strong as you used to be. But guess what, you just apply the same principles here. You reintroduce things slowly and you get back to where you were before. So how exactly do you get back to where you were before? Well, it's like I say all the time, you need a plan. Now, this plan should be criterion-based return to sport, not time-based return to sport. Time-based return to sport would be Wait six weeks and then start walking. Wait another six weeks and then start jogging. Wait another six weeks and then start running. The time-based doesn't allow any learning of or relearning of movement competency, doesn't let you get back any strength, doesn't let you do anything until you hit a time point. And it assumes that everyone will be at a certain point at a certain time. Everyone's bodies heal at different rates. Everyone's different, obviously. And so you can't say with certainty that after six weeks you'll be able to do this. You might be able to do it after three weeks, after four weeks. Conversely, you might only be able to do it after seven or eight weeks. A criterion-based return to sport program says something like, right, once you can, once you can successfully stand pain-free um, for 30 seconds, then you can stop just slowly walking. Once you can walk 
for 100 meters pain-free, you can walk all day. Once you can walk all day pain-free, you can start jogging. Once you start jogging pain-free, you can, you can run. So each section may take shorter, may take longer, and there's obviously things you can do around that to help the process along, and that's a very simplistic view of things, but you get the idea. And I'm willing to bet for most of you out there, you're gonna have a mix of time and criterion-based um, objectives to hit. I'm assuming that most of you, or probably all of you listening to this, won't have a full-time physio, strength and conditioning coach, doctor, whatever, to look after you, to assess you, and to say, yes, you're ready for this next step. Yes, you're ready for this next step. If you're a team sport athlete, I'd like to think that your club has a physio and so you'd be able to see your physio every week and go, I've done X and Y and they go, go out and try Z and you come back and you say, yeah, all good. And they can say, right, move on to this. Or you say, no, that's not all good. And they go, okay, continue. And then you're gonna have perhaps doctor's appointments, specialist appointments that go, okay, you need to be waiting X amount of time for this or this. And so you're gonna be combining both criterion-based return to sport and time-based return to sport in one to get you back as number one as fast as you can because nobody wants to wait a long time and if you can get back sooner then great but do not rush it don't rush the process let the process take its time if it happens to be shorter then brilliant if it takes you a week two or three longer to get back to your sport and to get back to competing then allow for that time as well the worst thing you can do is rush your return back and ruin all the hard work that you've done because you get injured and you're back to square one again if i could give you a concrete example of what i'm talking about if we continue with the right knee anterior cruciate ligament tear and complete knee blowout let's assume that the doctor surgeon whoever has said okay you can the tissues the joint itself is in a position where you can start loading it and start moving it again the first thing you want to do is change the tissue state itself muscles will have got shorter longer there have been compensations within your body and things are going to be tight things are going to be like i said long and short and also weak and you need to be changing the tissue state so you need to be putting it back into a state where it's ready to train where it's relaxed where it's able to take eccentric isometric concentric actions and the way you can do that is through foam rolling muscle massage stretching mobility all those things help change the tissue state and there are certain advanced methods that you can do such as uh, diaphragmatic breathing and PRI things but that's quite advanced and to be honest it's a little bit beyond my knowledge as well so I'm not going to try and pretend I know what I'm talking about there but certainly foam rolling stretching mobility active and passive uh, muscle massage is going to let you change the tissue state around the injury site and allow the tissue to be able to accept all the different muscle actions. Secondly, you're going to build muscle capacity in key positions. So for a right ACL tear, you're going to be looking at hamstring strengthening work. So you're looking at hip hinge patterns, 
whether it be Romanian deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, leg curl variations, and you're also going to be looking at quadriceps strength. So that would be squatting both bilaterally, unilaterally, knee extension, a lot of vastus medialis oblique work. That's the little teardrop shape muscle on the inside of your knee. And you're going to want to do adductor work, so lateral lunges, Copenhagen holds, side planks, things like that. So you're hitting all the muscles of the knee, all the knee stabilizing muscles in all different aspects and in all different ways. The first thing you want to do, like I said, is build that capacity so the knee can be stable. So when you apply load and you apply force, you're going to be okay and your knee's gonna accept it. All the muscles are gonna work in harmony as they should and you're gonna prevent any uh, imbalances, compensations, etc. Once you have built capacity in key positions, you can begin to strengthen. Go at this from a bilateral view and a unilateral view. So you want to be increasing your max squat strength. And you want to be increasing your rear foot elevated split squat strength. You want to be doing single leg squat to benches. You want to be deadlifting heavy. You want to be Romanian deadlifting heavy, single leg Romanian deadlifting heavy. And of course, doing all your upper body as you usually would. Like I said before, your upper body's fine. So you can train that as normal as and when you need. Once you've increased strength, you can start looking at power. You can start doing uh, double leg landings, single leg landings, jump and landings, hop and stick, loaded jump squats, Olympic lifting, there's all sorts you can do in this phase. And it's during the strength and power phase that you're looking to get back into sport and into your training as much as you can. So you want to be going back out on the field, on the track, whether that's compete, um, competing or not competing, sorry, uh, participating in a little bit of the warm up, whether you can go out and you do your own rehab work, whether that's straight line running, multi-directional running, whatever it may be, whatever you need to do. Maybe you need to start catching a ball again, throwing a ball again, holding a tennis racket again, whatever it may be. You go out there, you do what you need to do and you start integrating with the squad again. A big part of injury is that fear of missing out, FOMO. You don't want to be away from your mates. You don't want to be away from your squad and who you usually train and compete with because you don't want to miss out on things. You feel like you're an outcast. You're not part of the group. But again, I'm willing to bet most or even all of the uh, athletes listening to this are going to be amateur. You're not going to be paid. So you do it for the love of it. And you do it for the love of it. So you turn up every Saturday and usually there are other people around, so why can't you have a beer on a Saturday? Why can't you go down the club, go down, uh, watch your team, have a bowl of chips and do everything that you usually do when supporting a team and you're there. You're in that scenario, you're not taking yourself away unnecessarily and therefore when you are being seen to support your team, they're naturally going to support you as well. They're going to be asking after you, hoping that you're okay. And you're still in there. 
you're not segregating yourself. You are, you're, you can still be with your mates and your team and your club. You don't have to be a different section and only get back into everything when you're fully fit. Just get down and support and be part of it from that point of view rather than taking yourself away and being somewhere else all the time. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent there. Once, you have, once you're going through the power phase and return to sport phase, return to sport is now what you're mainly focusing on. Previously, it's been gym work, rehab work, prehab work in the capacity and strength phase. And now your main focus is return to sport. So absolutely, you're doing your hop and sticks, your jumps, your Olympic lifts, your strengthening exercises, your gymming, and you're in the weight room doing everything that you can. But on the field, as soon as, as, soon as you're able to fully do the warm-up, fully do the warm-up each session. As soon as you can do the warm-up and you can participate in a drill to some extent whether that be non-contact for rugby or just passing off of your right or left foot on foot in football whether that be doing some sort of shadow boxing for example do it gradually get yourself back in that way and when it comes to the intense work to the intense competition it's the same principle gradual stimulus gradually reintroduce these things because the worst thing to do and oftentimes it's the most common thing people get injured they'll wait a certain amount of time and they'll come straight back into training again they might not get injured then but two three four weeks later bang they are absolutely back at square one they've re-injured the exact same thing that they did before and they're going i'm just injury prone it's you know my chocolate hamstring's gone or whatever no that's not the case you didn't gradually expose yourself to the stimulus. You didn't gradually reintroduce yourself to sport. If you do this phase right, if you are patient and you take your time, fingers crossed, and again, touch wood, you won't have to worry about it again because you'll be back in a stronger place. Yes, there will always be... A more increased chance of injury after previous injury but this is a critical phase do this phase right and you can again minimize that extra risk and finally you want to be seeing your potential see your potential for growth if during your acute injury phase where you've just been told you've had a right acl tear Maybe you've always thought, oh, do you know what? My bench press is really weak. Or I always get this niggle in my right shoulder. Or, oh, my left elbow is always a bit like this. What a perfect opportunity to work on these things. Make sure you get in the gym and do those things. Increase your bench press. Yeah, fine. Do loads of bicep and tricep work. Rows and shoulder work. And do all those things that you enjoy. And also realize that in many ways, injury can be a blank slate to work off. And although that sound that probably sounds bad and it's not meant to sound bad, you can, because of the time it takes, or certainly with certain injuries, the time it takes, 
it's going to allow you to put in plenty of work in the weight room, plenty of gym work. You can increase your squat, you can increase your bench press, increase your jump height, increase how far you throw. You can do all of these things because you've got the time to do it. If there's an aspect of your performance you're not happy with, going through rehab and doing it all properly is an amazing opportunity to put yourself back in an amazing place. It can be the place that you wanted to be, but because you're competing every week, because you've got a full-time job, so you can only get in the gym two, three times a week, four at most, you don't have that time and you don't have that um, work and rest ratio that you need to really improve. But now you've got that. You've got that opportunity to fill all those weak gaps you have to complete more of your physiological puzzle. And when you start looking at injury from that point of view, it becomes incredibly, I want to use the word exciting, but that's probably not the right term to use. It becomes, um, ah, I don't really know the word that I'm trying to think of, but I think I hope you get what I'm trying to say. It's the opportunity to make yourself absolutely better than you were before. And taking that opportunity with both hands and running with it is going, it's going to absolutely do wonders for you. And it doesn't really seem like that at the time, but there will be a point where you go, okay, I'm seeing really great results here. I'm working harder than I've ever worked. I know I'm going to come back bigger. I know I'm going to come back stronger and I'm going to become a more fierce competitor because of that. And once you find that, or once you get that switch and that click in your brain, nothing can stop you, I promise you. And it's uh, it's going to be a challenge along the way. It's never a straight line from injury to return to sport. You're going to have points when you regress and your injury, your the site of injury might swell and you might have to take a week off. You might get a niggle, you might tweak something. But gradual stimulus, gradual progression, gradually controlling everything that you do is going to get you to where you need to be. If you are interested or more interested in this, maybe you are an injured athlete, please do get in touch. I'm always willing to provide any advice you need on whatever. And the Level 1 Athlete Development Programme is definitely one for you. It's a, it's a basic programme, it's volume-based, it's changing tissue, it's building capacity in those key positions. And so if you're looking for a gym programme, I'd highly recommend the uh, Level 1 Athlete Development Programme. Anyway, that is enough for one episode today I think I've chewed your ear off enough about injury and return to sport I hope wherever you are whatever you're doing you're having an amazing time all your training and competing is going well if you are listening to this and you are injured then please I hope you can take some real positives from this I hope this changes your mindset and I hope this shows you just how good you can be at the start Thank you very much for listening. Please don't forget to uh, leave a five-star review, uh, rate and review, and I shall see you next time.
that's it for another episode of the fitness for sport podcast thank you very much for listening this is the part where i tell you to go and sign up to the mailing list now if you want free training advice and guidance every day then make sure you click the description in the show notes or you go to yes.athleticstrengthuk.co.uk forward slash sign underscore up and you will get a new email in your inbox every monday to friday with free training advice free guidance from everything from weight training power training speed training to mental health and all the rest thank you very much for listening don't forget to sign up click the link in the show notes and i shall see you next time